to Ghana we go and Nikiwe Bikicha standing by. She had very, another very busy day. No pictures of food today, Nikiwe. But you've been shopping and you've got in your bag reams of colorful, fa- colorful fabrics. Not one, not two, but three beautiful dresses. Beautiful uh, dresses. This is what I found on, <laughs> on the street of Ghana. I intend to go back tomorrow for more. <laughs> How far does the round go in Ghana? Because I saw you changing some money and you looked a little bit frightened. I was quite surprised and a little perturbed, uh, Bruce, to tell you the truth. I had 400 rand in my wallet, uh, which I happened to have with me, and I went to the foreign exchange shop, and there I was told that the exchange rate would be 0.22. I think I had to um, listen several times. I'm like, 0.22, which means that for my 400 rand, I got 88 cities back. Now, it wouldn't take me very, very far, uh, but certainly not the three dresses that I bought. I had to beg and plead from Krista to lend me some of her cities so I could afford the three dresses that I wanted to buy. Okay, but so, so I mean, price-wise, um, Accra is not a cheap African destination. It's not a cheap destination. It is affordable. I mean, let, let's, let's look at the sums of what I, I did. For example, there's two dresses. One was 50 cities and the other was 65 cities. Now, if I compare those prices, um, I think that would be reasonable compared to what I would buy a fairly beautiful dress in South Africa for. So it is comparable. Um, so I think there isn't necessarily a, a parity pricing necessarily when you look at the current exchange rate. But I don't know how that necessarily um, plays out when, when you look at, at bigger purchases, for example. Okay, but tell me about this, this young, you met a young entrepreneur today and you've had a, a fabulous chat. Who is this person? Uh, fantastic, uh, Bruce. After I'd been shopping with Krista on the streets of uh, Accra, we are in the neighborhood called Osu, which is the main shopping hub. So we're walking down Oxford Street. Now, Bruce, it is incredibly hot in Accra. I mean, temperatures in their high 30s. So you can't even walk 40 meters without sweat just dripping down your back and clothes clinging onto you. So we were desperate for something to drink. And we spotted a restaurant nearby called Planet Kebab. And it looked refreshing and appetizing, so we straggled our way in there. And it's a wonderful little restaurant. And, and we met someone called Ryan Hashem. Now, he is the owner of this spot. It's a place which sells kebabs and sandwiches and cool drinks. It is a chain which started in Senegal, and he's hoping to expand it to the Ivory Coast. And now in Ghana, he's just recently moved here uh, last year and wants to build a huge West African business. He's got the most fascinating story, Bruce, because he's Lebanese, Lebanese-born, but was raised in Senegal, but went off to Paris and built a pretty successful advertising career. But in his late 30s, he decided he'd had enough of Europe. He wanted to go back to a place that he considers home, and that was Senegal. And that's when he and a friend decided to start this business. And the thing about Planet Kebab, as he tells the story, is that he wanted food or a food chain or fast food outlet that would be homegrown and African-grown, but would also reflect, of course, his identity, and that is Lebanese, hence the name Planet Kebab. And they make, they make the most fantastic uh, food, Bruce. And he now wants, of course, to, exp- to expand in other regions of the continent. So we'll see how that, that pans out for him. Uh, isn't it interesting how... Uh, I mean, people, everybody who's been communicating with you via social media has been talking about the food. And you, you talk about food and you talk about, uh, you, you talk, you, you talk about, uh, the, the food that you're eating. And people go, Oh, I've got to go to this place. 
Because food is so integral into the identity of a place. And even if it's, if it's a twist on Lebanese food, it's still got an African element to it. And, and people are excited by that because that's the first of our senses that we satisfy when we travel. Exactly. And, and this is what Ryan was telling us, is that in trying to bring this particular chain to Accra or to Senegal or to the Ivory Coast, while he wanted to have its own very distinct identity, he's obviously looking at the local market and, and what the taste and palate there is. And here in Accra, as he told us, and we've experienced as well, rice is very, very popular. So he's had to incorporate that into his menu. So, you know, instead of having a wrap or falafel, he would incorporate the veal with the chicken with uh, a rice serving. And he says that's been incredibly popular. But the fundamentals of what he does um, do not change. And, and that's why he is saying he thinks that this is going to be excess, uh, a success. And when we were there, the place was packed, you know. And, and so that's very impressive. And it's a sign, hopefully for him, of things to come. And I can't imagine what it takes, uh, Bruce, to give up a very successful <laughs> and lucrative career mm-hmm. in the heart of Paris to say, I've had it all. I want to go back to the continent because I want to contribute to its growth and seemingly it's working out for him. Does he have regrets? I mean, has he had some uh, big problems in setting up? Well, he's had some problems, but he says part of the challenge really, for example, in Accra has been finding the right location. Now, we are in Osu, which is a very busy hub, and, and trying to find that property was incredibly hard for him. And obviously, the rentals are exceedingly high because this is prized property. Um, we heard some rental prices uh, yesterday, for example, for property could be in, in the thousands of dollars and talking US dollars. And, and that is also quite surprising. And, and the SEDI, looking at the current the exchange rate, uh, doesn't fare terribly against the US dollar, but if you're looking at it from a South African ex- uh, perspective, that would be very, very pricey, very, very pricey. So his one main challenge has been finding property, but he's found a perfect spot here in Osu. But he also imports a lot of his ingredients. So the veal, the chicken, because he wants the taste to be consistent. Now, the cost of that, as I said to him, are going to be astronomical uh, to be importing meat from Europe in order to serve as a fast food outlet in Senegal or Accra or the Ivory Coast. The transport costs alone, uh, Bruce, can be quite astronomical. But he claims that he has it... uh, able to manage so far, but I, I think going to future, that's actually a serious consideration for him and, and looking for other markets to source uh, those goods. Now, I mean, the dollar, is is, is it the the currency of choice? You say the SEDI, um, you know, the SEDI does struggle against the US dollar like many African currencies do. Um, is, the, is the dollar the sort of default currency that people use and is it the, a reference point? Oh, certainly. I mean, when we went to change our money, I mean, you see these signs up on the board. Um, they'll take dollar, they'll take euro, but certainly dollar gets preference. But I think it's also important to make the historical link between Ghana and, and the U.S. There's very strong economic ties between the two countries uh, by virtue of, of course, the history of slavery. A lot of African-Americans have sought to invest in Ghana as a result of, the tie, of those ties because they think uh, and understand their roots to be in Ghana. So they've invested, for example, 